You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everyone and welcome to the Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, and DC. This is episode number 105. We're discussing the brand new Ant-Man and the Wasp trailer. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Troy. It's the Nerd Room without Sanjay. He unfortunately couldn't make it again, but we are here to discuss a brand new trailer from Marvel. They just got off the heels of releasing Black Panther, its first big world premiere in Hollywood, and the next day they drop this Ant-Man and the Wasp trailer for a film that comes out July 6th. Yes, I'm looking at you, Disney, because you have yet to drop a hint of a solo trailer for a film that comes out at the end of May. <laughs> Not even any images. We've seen uh, costume designs and set visits you know, for the Ant-Man project and not a thing for Solo. No, nothing Crazy. yet. Nothing yeah. yet. Well, I'm excited to talk about this new trailer. It's a movie I can say has kind of been on the back burner for me. It hasn't hit kind of high anticipation really until this trailer dropped because we're driving towards Infinity War. We're not really thinking about much, especially a movie that, and it's very apparent in this trailer, is clearly a prequel to Infinity War. It happens right after Civil War. Yeah, no, it's interesting. You know, with, uh, with Ant-Man, of all the Marvel heroes that we've had in, on film and even in comics, he's always been my least favorite or at least excited for. And that goes for, you know, Hank Pym and um, Scott, uh, not Scott, is it? Um, yeah, Scott Lang. Yeah, Scott Lang, the second Ant-Man, exactly. Yeah. But but you know what? I really did like the first one. I thought it was really cool. So it's kind of nice that I don't have such expectations for this film because when I go into it, I'm blown away with the last one. Same thing's going on with this film. I'm not super excited for it, but it's kind of cool because it keeps my expectation levels low. And when I go in, hopefully I get a treat out of it. So um, all in all, man, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm getting there. I'm getting a little excited for this film. Yeah, me too. This definitely amped it up for me. I wasn't expecting a trailer because Marvel has a tendency sometimes to just drop trailers out of nowhere. And because of the anticipation going into Black Panther, we've got Infinity War ramping up its marketing game. So I just, it wasn't something I was expecting. And it was a pleasant surprise. But we're going to get into discussing all of that in a little bit more detail a little later on in the podcast. I'm going to kick this off like we usually do, a little collecting and comics update. Now, Troy, have you had a chance to hit up the comic shop in the last few weeks? Still haven't, man. Uh, I'm going there this Friday. It's it's ah, it's it's been a while. You know what it is because I take such you know these big um, leaps from uh, getting my comics on the on the Wednesday. I get such a big stack full, and so it takes me a while to get through all these books. So right now I'm going through all my DC stuff like Nightwing um, and Old Man Logan. So once I'm caught up with those two books, which should be done by Friday, then I'm I'm going right over to Alpha Comics, man, to stock up and get on Vader. Got to get on some Vader. Yeah, you do. Issue number ten yeah. is a absolute must. Mm-hmm. Well. For the first time in, I have to say, months, I went to the comic book shop today. We're recording on Wednesday a little later than normal. I walked over there today and just browsed through all of the comics. And what a treat that was. I walked out with a fat stack of comics. I'm catching up on some Guardians of the Galaxy, this Infinity Quest arc that they have going on here. And I also picked up Star Wars DJ Most Wanted. So the one-shot comic that goes into a bit of the backstory of everyone's favorite slicer from The Last Jedi, 
DJ. <laughs> I did. I did have an opportunity to read it as well. And I'm going to say that, Troy, you're going to enjoy this about as much as you enjoyed parts, if not all, of Canto Bite. Yeah, I figured as much. <laughs> you know, it's it's these these one shots. I think I have to lower my expectation level for them. Because to be honest with you, the Storms of Crate, I was expecting a lot of, and it kind of fell short for me. This mm. one, I don't really know what I was expecting, but... In here, there's just, there's so much dialogue. Like, it, you know how you want, read a comic book sometimes, and you're like, all I want to do is kind of read it through the art almost. Yes. And you get a little bit of that in here, but there's just so much dialogue that it kind of bogs down the comic book for me. And it really doesn't add much to the story of DJ. There's nothing significant in here. I hope I'm not missing anything but it just gives you this impression that he's exactly the character that was in the last jedi so it doesn't turn out he's not um he's not ezra i guess then they don't reveal that no he's definitely not ezra <laughs> in this book and he's no lando calrissian either right like he's no yeah you know he's kind of trying to play both sides of the fence here yeah. what's best for him but turns out to being this kind of heart of gold altruistic type guy no he's not that he's exactly the guy he's portrayed to be you're always hoping that there's a little more to this character yeah and this comic does not elaborate on it much. I don't I don't really like kicking Star Wars comics around, but yeah. this one, both of these comics, these one shots that not so much promise, but I had in my head that they were gonna deliver a little bit more to The Last Jedi, at least mm-hmm. builds some of this framework around it a little more. And both of them fell really flat for me. I, I'm sorry to say that guys, but yeah, it's just not for me. Thank goodness it's at least it's a one shot though, right? I mean if they expanded this to a five issue mini run, that would have been Good God, I'm really happy they did that. <laughs> now, what are the so other... do you think this is uh, this is the last we see of DJ in comic book form, novel form, yeah. big screen? Unless they, unless they elaborate a little bit more in some sort of book. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, he his ending was a bit ambiguous, right? Like they kind of right. just left it open. Is it a character I see J.J. Abrams picking up in episode nine? Uh, not really. He has He has oh. nothing to do, right? If he was going to redeem himself, it should have been in that film. Yeah, at like, the very end there. Yeah, it's not yeah. like like a Han type or a Lando type of redemption. I just don't see this character having having the ability to come back and make an impact on a film in a way that J.J. Abrams is going to be like, yes, this is the character to you know help the resistance from point A to point B and make a real difference in the world. The, the, the way they portrayed him in the movie and the way they portrayed him in this comic book, he is yeah. out for himself. You're not going to have a redemptive arc for DJ. And to be honest with you, I don't really have any desire to see him yeah. in anything else. It's unfortunate, though, to waste a, an actor like Benicio Del Toro, right? Yeah. On, on just a character like that. Yeah, it is it is really unfortunate, but mm-hmm. it is what it is, I guess. And I know I'm looking forward to moving on. And I want a little bit more. Now we're talking about like Last Jedi comics or novels i want something more robust i want something to sink my teeth into like a princess leia of alderaan but with luke or with someone else to give i don't know it's like a catalyst we were talking about this last week about how good it is i want more of that for the last jedi force awakens era oh i love something like that like what that novel did for um critic and um, Galen Erso was so great. I just love the detail it went to. The way that book starts off with Galen, you know, in the laboratory and everything they set up in that book was was fantastic. And you really do transition. There's such a, a time lapse throughout that whole book, right? From basically, I think, Clack, uh, Attack of the Clones to the end 
of um, the Clone Wars, basically, right? Yeah, Episode three. Definitely. So, um, I'm yeah, I need something like that. I've yet to read the Leia book, so that is my next one I want to dig into. But I do need something that's just dense and thick, something I can really just you know dig into. Yeah, sink your teeth into, get some more context around the Last Jedi mm-hmm. because they spent so much time. Orion Johnson did kind of wrapping up some of those big mysteries that now they have the ability to run around and do whatever they want because they're not protecting secrets for episode nine. Right. And so I, I did actually have the opportunity to step over into the Marvel world again. I'm building up my pull list here and I picked up actually this Marvel two-in-one, the thing and human torch. Cause I'm a bit curious of this storyline fate of the four. Mm. So going into the Fantastic Four and probably bringing them back. That was teased in Marvel Legacy, if you remember that, the big four. And so I said, I'm going to give this a shot. I like the cover. I like both of these characters. I'm going to see what happens here. Did you read it? I haven't read it. it. Oh, you just picked it up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you Um, read it? Yeah, no, I'm I'm going to skip out on those ones because I'm still trying to cut down my poll list. I might yeah. even bail on Old Man Logan, and I know I've been loving that run, but I'm just I have too many comics to get through. But um, yeah, you know what? I've never really been big on the Fantastic Four that much, so it's definitely gonna be something I'm gonna skip. Um, I did like seeing Johnny pop up a little bit in the Spectacular Spider-Man run with yeah. uh, Spider-Man, obviously, and I never really did check out his run with the uh, I think it's Astonishing Avengers or. Yeah, it was the Uncanny, wasn't it? Uncanny Avengers, yeah, yeah with uh, Cap running that team, I think. Yeah, definitely. Right? That was kind of that's the Unity team with Inhumans, yeah. X Men, and Avengers. Yeah. Yeah, the beginning run, the art threw me off, so that's why I kind of stayed away from that one more so than just because Johnny Storm. But it's rough around the edges that art. <laughs> <laughs> now you're doing Old Man Logan. Are you going yep. to jump into Old Man Hawkeye? This twelve issue miniseries that they're doing. Probably not. I saw it, though, and I was interested in the book, but I just um, – I've kind of checked out of this world. I, I really do like Old Man Logan from the beginning and from the jump where it is. Um, right now, I'm behind. I'm basically at the arc where he's taking out a bunch of the Hulks. The Hulks have come to the Earth Prime, and we have Hawkeye, and we have Old Man Logan. So we have the young Hawkeye, not Old Man Hawkeye at this point, uh, taking on the Hulks. And um, the arts kind of – you know, run its course for me, and so so is the book. You, you mentioned with DJ, it's heavy dialogue in this book particular there's a lot of that too going on and it gets a little messy after a while so i just think i'm going to take a step back and um yeah i'm, I'm kind of checked out of that world right now yeah well i tell you yeah. man uh, this old man hawkeye like i haven't really read any of the new old man logan stuff i read the old story arc and i really really liked it yeah. this one intriguing i tell you like this first issue hooked me the art mm-hmm. looks very very reminiscent of the original old man logan the storyline is like a prequel Two yeah. or prelude to Old Man Logan, where we have Hawkeye with his eyesight, and it's going to go right. through progressively. I'm assuming to him losing his eyesight eventually by the time this ends. And being that's contained, it is 12 issues, which is quite long for a miniseries. Okay. Yeah. But I'm hooked into this. I'm excited about Old Man Hawkeye. Yeah, see, I might have to do that because if it is a 12 mini series run and it takes place in the Mark Millar run, yes. basically, so it's, it's it's before the Mark Millar run, then I might have to do that. Then that's kind of cool just because where we are right now, it's kind of weird how Old Man Logan's been established in this world. And I thought this was going to be a mini series itself, but it's ran to about, I'm at issue maybe 31, 32 oh, wow. right now. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been going for a little bit. So, um, yeah, maybe I'll, you know, I'll uh, cut this one off, but check out that 12 mini uh, issue run. I'd say it's a recommend for me. It's something that definitely to get into. If you're looking to get into a short run, if you've read Old Man Logan, and you're looking for more yeah. contained stories, this may be a good avenue in. You have to pick up the trade for Old Man Logan and then you can yeah. jump right into this. Nice. Yeah, nice. it's awesome. And one other thing that I've been hunting around for, you know, I've gone to three different comic book shops, including 
Chris from Alpha Comics. I, I messaged Thanks. him and asked if he had the books. But I'm trying to catch up on Avengers No Surrender. I missed issue number two, which is issue number 676 of Avengers, and I cannot find it in the city of Calgary. Oh, man. So I don't know what happens in it and why it became so popular, but issue three is out there. Issue four came out this week. It's a weekly, I think a 12-issue weekly comic book run, and I really want to read it, and I can't (laughs) get my hands on issue two. So I might have to go to Amazon, or I may even have to go digitally for this because I'm getting behind already, and I don't want to find myself behind like I have in the past, which then turns me off of reading things because I got such a stack, this daunting stack to get through. Yeah, that's tough. You know, it's it's unfortunate because you never know what uh, you know comic books can run out in these comic book stores. I think uh, Sanjay had the same problem with Batman. I don't know, twenty six in the Rebirth line, maybe or, or sixteen or something like that. The one where he proposes to Catwoman. Yeah. But um, you know, it's always good to like. I guess with the Avengers, the titles that you like, I guess you subscribe to, you won't miss out. But you just you never know. You know, it, it could happen with anything. So it sucks. I, I think Chris has mine on back order. Yeah. Or at least waiting for me to pick it up. So uh, I can't wait to check that out. And this is, is this bi-weekly? This run? Weekly. Or it's, it's weekly. That's yeah. crazy for yeah. an Avengers run. Yeah, 12 issues. So and it's Mark Wade. Yeah, it is Mark yeah. Wade. Yeah, so yeah. the art's good. I like the writing so far, what they've done. I don't know about the next few books. I'm already behind on it, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah, maybe that's my own fault because I don't have a standing pull list at a comic book shop right now. Yeah. Uh, I canceled all of it. And I just been kind of going in periodically and picking up as I like. And because I didn't want to get to the point where, you know, because with comic book shops, if you have a standing order, they order those on top of their normal orders, right? Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to have this huge stack and go there and then you get like a $150 bill for comic books because yeah. you haven't picked them up in a little while or whatever. Oh, yeah. And because I'm trying to sort out what I actually want on my pull list, I don't want to commit to anything really. So <laughs> this lack of commitment is really hurting me as well. But I'll find it. I'll get there. I might be able to pull it off of my comic book shop or something like that and get it shipped here for relatively close to kind of the comic book store price. Yeah. So hopefully, I don't know. It's And I was also looking for the uh, Avengers Infinity War prelude, which came out two weeks ago that I missed. Right. And I can't find it anywhere in the city either. Yeah, Avengers is going to be, you know, going pretty fast, I guess, with this movie coming up. Yeah. Everybody's trying to get their hands on Avengers, Avengers, Avengers. Yeah, so yeah. Huh, if you guys are out there and you see the Infinity War prelude, hook me up. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully it delivers because these preludes have kind of been a letdown, right? So hopefully this one strikes hard. Yeah, I'm hoping it – I don't know. I should actually do a little bit of research on that because I'm hoping it's just not a retelling of Civil War or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, it very well could the be. Spider-Man one. Spider-Man yeah. Homecoming was literally a retelling page by page of Civil War. Yeah, and I think like the yeah. Ragnarok one was the same thing, retelling of Thor of the Dark Worlds, maybe Age of Ultron. I can't remember. But it's just – yeah, it's, that's what they've been for the last little bit. Like we just finished our MCU retrospective episode on Iron Man 3. You can go check that out in the feed right now but those were the last prelude comics that actually delivered new content now it's relatively irrelevant but it still adds a little bit of fun it gives you a little bit of time to kind of get into the characters and kind of gives you kind of that one step up you like going into the theater feeling like you know a little more it's that catalyst effect right well yeah because it's like you mentioned we were talking about the iron man 3 uh movie the prelude into that you know lets you know and establishes where roadie is war machine and i think that's so cool and basically it seems like before um, Spider-Man and whatnot, because you've been reading these preludes, they've been giving you more insight of what's going on in that world, whereas now they've gone away from it and they're just retelling what we've seen in a previous movie. Yeah. I don't know why they just don't go back to what they used to do. No, it's telling little stories. And I think, I may correct myself here, I think the Doctor Strange preludes actually had a little bit more content in them. But cool. yeah, it's 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 an opportunity to tell a little story of a yeah. character that isn't getting the focus maybe 
in the films. And, you know, we're looking for these things. We're Star Wars fans, and we want to extend that same sort of gross media out into this Marvel Cinematic Universe as well. We want to see that extra extended universe content there. And this is a great opportunity to do that, to tell us in comic book fashion, in short, one to three, one to four issue miniseries. And they are ordered in short runs in comic book shops. But again, like I said, they're they're not telling any new stories. So I was hoping that Infinity War would maybe give us a little bit of, I don't know if it's something just small with, Thanos or with the Black Order or something to that effect that just gives a little bit more insight. So when you sit in the theater and there's a little tiny nod to that, you just kind of give, you know, that fist pump. Yes, I know what that yeah. means. Like, That'd I love that cool. feeling. If you could get like, you know, like Nebula and Glamour fighting or like yeah. a flashback of them training and Thanos is just there watching them and, you know, keep going or some kind of stuff like that'd be sweet and just add to the movie. But ah, yeah. we'll have to see. I'm not, I'm not going to pick it up. You'll pick it up and I'll... I'll hear what you have to say about it, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> Save your five bucks and no digital code because they never come with yeah. digital codes on those. <laughs> All right, man. So let's, we're talking about Marvel and the MCU here. Let's let's swing over to Black Panther. Yeah. Now, Black Panther debuted last night, the Purple Carpet debut. This is the first time people are seeing this film and are allowed to react on Twitter. These aren't the full reviews we're getting. But the initial reactions from this are smoking hot, like beyond anything really we've seen outside of maybe Avengers. Yeah, no, it's it's great. Everything I've heard has been fantastic. It's, it's very positive. I'm not hearing any kind of backlash so far. Um, I heard this world, Wakanda, is something to really dive in and something you've never seen before. It's a it's an inspirational movie itself. And it. I heard a lot of people walk out of there with a, with a, a smile on their face. Yes. So I've, ah, I'm excited to see this movie, man, more than ever. And, uh, you know, I love it because this is my hot ticket on our uh, – our 2018 anticipated list, right? For yes. box offices. So, yeah, let's go Wakanda. Yeah, I can't wait. No, I'm going <laughs> to I read a few reviews here from Twitter. Uh, this is mm-hmm. from uh, Jenny Yamto. She's from the Los Angeles Times. Uh, she said, Black Panther is incredible, kinetic, purposeful. A superhero movie about why representation and identity matters and how tragic it is when those things are denied to people. The first MCU movie about something real. Michael B. Jordan's Eric Killmonger had me weeping. He's the villain. Oh, my boy. Yes. Nice. <laughs> I'm so excited to hear that Michael B. Jordan's villain in this is going to get a fair representation because that was our biggest fear. You know, we're huge fans of the guy. Oh, yeah. And being a villain, they're generally one-offs outside of your Loki, right? Maybe Thanos too. But I was afraid that Michael B. would be inserted into this universe, one and done, gone, and maybe not get that, that opportunity to show what he's made of in this universe. And hearing something like that gets me super excited for one, Michael B. Jordan, and for two, what this movie is going to do. Like, they're talking about this actually, like, Ryan Coogler put something in the screen that actually matters. And in context of where the world is at right now, I think this is going to be an incredibly powerful and important movie. Yeah, no, I can't wait, man. Those guys are a great team, Coogler and uh, Michael B. Jordan. And I think, you know, a little while back, maybe a couple of days ago, Michael B. Jordan came out himself saying, you know, he apologizes for what happened in uh, Fantastic Four and he really wants to redeem himself here. Yeah. Me personally, I don't think he has anything to apologize about because I don't think he was really the issue in that movie. But I, I feel like this guy always gives it 110%. And um, man, it looks like Ryan Coogler right now is going to be three for three with Fruitville Station 
Creed, which I loved. And then now he has this huge blockbuster, um, Black Panther coming out. Yeah, one of the other reviews I read too said, you can see the stamp of Ryan Coogler on the fight scenes. Very oh, Creed-like. So he's nice. going back to that, the way he filmed it, the way he's choreographed it. And you're seeing that represented right in the film here. So I, Ryan Coogler is the man. Yep. <laughs> now yeah, here's, here's another review that refers to Ryan Coogler a little bit. It's from Geeks of Color on Twitter. Black Panther is the best MCU movie ever. I was blown away from start to finish. I'm not even being biased. This was by far the best Marvel movie to date. Thank you, Ryan Coogler. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> they're, all, they're all like this. Everyone is raving about Michael B., the, the female actresses in here, Lapita Nyong'o is apparently incredible as Suri. Chadwick Boseman kills it. Like, of course. I, I've read like probably a hundred reviews on this thing. Every single one is positive. Everyone's pointing to the significance of the film too, how important it is to come out now, right? Because yeah. this is a different take on a movie. This is our first African-American superhero to get a full solo standing film. Yeah. And that's really important. And the fact that it is superb or it's being touted as being absolutely superb i think just it's gonna rocket this character to the top of everyone's list this is you know we've been talking a lot lately with infinity war coming and the changing of the guard and it's characters like this that are going to pick up the mantle and given a great origin film a great introduction in civil war chadwick boseman as t'challa as black panther man i cannot wait to get in the seat to watch this yeah, no, it's absolutely incredible. You know, it's going to be the Iron Man effect all over again, where Black Panther is going to become a household name, uh, basically. And, and again, you got to give props to uh, Kevin Feige, man, because this guy, you know, he comes in, he has this foresight, this vision of what he wants to do with this world, but he hires top-notch directors like uh, Ryan Coogler or James Gunn to just let them do what they want to do in this world, have this sandbox and do what they want to do. And we get these these different types of movies. Yeah, they're superhero movies, but they're all in their different genre in some sense, right? So, um, man, props to Disney and Marvel and Coogler and everybody on that team because I can't wait till February, man. I yeah, can't wait. It's going to be awesome. We only got a few weeks here. I took a look on Cineplex over where we usually catch the films and there's quite a few seats which actually surprised me still available for the thursday night seven o'clock showing so no problems getting in there and i'm right there with you man this is rocketed to the top now just hearing this it's at the top of my most anticipated list right now outside of infinity war of course but the fact that you know we're within reaching distance of this film and i love hearing these top-notch reviews you know people were saying that thor ragnarok last year was the best reviewed marvel film And this is going to be a completely different film in the sense that, like you just pointed out, that it's a a completely different genre type film. Mm -hmm. But, ah, man, I I just, I, like I said before, and I'll say it again, and I'll say it again and again, I cannot wait to see what Coogler put to the screen here. My last question, will this make you now, maybe after you see the movie, will you get your hands on a Black Panther Marvel legend? (laughs) Probably. Even hearing this, you know, I've seen them kind of poking around a little bit more. I know I've, I've waffled on this for the last like five podcasts. I've been yes, then I've been no, back and forth. Uh, probably, probably. If if nothing else, maybe an yeah. Eric Killmonger because they seem to be That's the peg right. warmers of that wave. I've seen a bunch of those for yeah. sure. I finally saw the Invincible yeah. Iron Man too. Yeah, what'd you think? It's not bad? Yeah, it looks pretty good, actually. I'm, I'm yeah. not going to touch it, but... Yeah. I might, it's I might, very comic book-like, right? It is. I might give myself yeah. a Coogler. Or a Coogler. I wish they gave me a Coogler. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Killmonger. <laughs> nice, nice. Now, staying with Marvel and the MCU here, 
Kevin Feige, he, he had some comments, and this is usually the time when we get comments from Feige about the future and all that as he's out doing some promo for the latest film, that being Black Panther. People were asking him about the integration of the X-Men into the MCU and when we're going to see that. And he kind of stopped short and said, look, I didn't know any of this was even happening. I haven't had a second to think about how the X-Men, how the Fantastic Four and this new big universe fits into the MCU. And I think that's interesting. I think he's maybe kind of playing us along a little bit because yeah. clearly he's thought about this. <laughs> but it seems that their plans, nothing's changed up until, what, at least 2020 when we see, well, maybe 2019 when we see Avengers 4 and kind of the fallout from all of that. Yeah. Yeah, no, these comics are interesting. Um, but yeah, I have a hard time believing that he didn't have any kind of like inkling that this was going to happen. Um, I'm pretty sure a little while back we heard him too. He thought of um, how he would love to see Magneto dismantle a gun in his own kind of world. I'm pretty sure Kevin Feige said that. So he must have had some kind of idea. But um, this makes sense that at least they're not going to rush to bring the X-Men. You know, as fans, we, we hear this news and we think, oh, man, okay, X-Men, let's go. They're going to be in the MCU tomorrow or 2019 or 2018. But it makes sense that they got to take their time with this. Um, unlike the Spider-Man situation is a little different. You know, Sony was pretty low in the game of spider-man um they were kind of desperate at that time and marvel was willing to you know break bread with them and it just worked out to be that way a little bit faster plus kevin feige even had two plans right he had a civil war with spider without spider-man and with spider-man right so i guess it would be more black panther or less or less black panther whereas x-men it's it's another ball game and they still fantastic for it to come along too so it really is something they got to take their time with And, and when it happens great um like i mentioned in the iron man movie uh, review the other day, Iron Man 3, you know, we have so many cool characters to work around outside of Cap, Iron Man, and Thor. We're in good hands, and the X-Men is just, you know, some extra flavor, a little bit more dessert, but we've got a lot of good characters yeah, on standby right now. Definitely, yeah. and I think your your point there is well taken with them taking their time with this. Like, we talk about how great Black Panther is going to be and how they've waited to do this properly. Yeah. They haven't had tried to rush something out or, or bend it to some of the pressures that were maybe on Marvel for, you know, diversifying their superheroes. They've taken the time, they got the right director, the right actor, introduced this character properly, and now they're going to have just an incredible movie coming out of that. So I think this ability to, to pump the brakes a little bit and say, all right, we're going to take a step back from all of this, and we're going to make sure we do justice to these characters and not just get them on screen because yes. we feel we have to. It's about wanting to do the right thing, the right story with the right people. And that is that is something that it takes probably a lot of restraint from Kevin Feige because you look at what they could throw at the wall and hope oh, yeah. that some of it stuck. Like Even with Spider-Man, they did pull that out fairly quickly, but they yeah. had a really robust story behind it, which is really mm-hmm. important for these characters. And like you even look, and one thing we should talk about too, that uh, the Captain Marvel set photos that we're seeing now. Yes. And this is going to be the first female superhero to grace the MCU, or the first female-led superhero mm-hmm. film to grace the MCU. And we're seeing now set photos from this, and they've seen how they've taken their time with this. There's always this option to do a Black Widow movie, and it, at least from, from their perspective, it seemed that there was never the right time to integrate this film and do it right. They want to do it right. They want to have the right audience. They want it to come out at the right time. And now with Wonder Woman kind of breaking ground breaking through that glass ceiling, we've got Captain Marvel following that up. Like, I think this is going to open up so many more avenues uh, for for female-led superheroes, for diversifying all superhero films, comic book movie films, and doing justice to these characters that have got an enormous legacy in comic books. 
Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I guess we're getting a little bit of a sneak peek with uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. I yes. mean, you know, he's going to share the screen big time with, um, with with the Wasp there. So that's a step in the right direction right there. And um, that costume, man, that costume. Yeah, Captain uh, Marvel's costume. Yeah, it's it's interesting, you know, with the green and uh, it's like a dark blue or black or gray. Yeah, kind of. so but, that was the big question mark that a lot of people had is, and this is the yeah. first time we're seeing the suit. It's got kind of the star on the front of the chest. It's mm-hmm. full superhero suit, too. It's not kind of like a halfway this is like yeah. it look it looks fairly leathery. I hope they clean it up a little bit in post. <laughs> but the big thing was it's not the traditional blue and red and yellow yeah. that we have with the modern Captain Marvel. And mm-hmm. one of the things that that really stuck out to me initially was her origin story and how it closely ties in the comic books to the Kree. Yeah. And that was my first thoughts when I saw this. I was like, oh, this is kind of a prototype, maybe a nod to the Kree or whether it was given to her by the Kree. It, it kind of fit into that, at least from a color or a palette perspective, into that world. I don't know. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Is it a shield prototype type of suit? Yeah, I'm with you. I definitely think it's a prototype uh, suit or, or something to do with Captain Marvel, like the original yes, Captain Marvel. Very because his colors. suit was right, yeah, similar colors. So it's probably some kind of prototype. It's 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 still kind of very um motorcycle color, like jacket. Like it's yeah. still kind of baggy. It's not like a, a fitted superhero costume, which I'm sure when she gets her original or at least this incarnation of her red and blue, it'll be tighter and and whatnot. So um I'm not too worried about it. I think there's even been in the past too where she's worn like a gray and green kind of suit as well. So um, I, I think it's totally fine, and I like her her other um, set photo where she's like um, a pilot, which is yeah. piloting, which yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. for this. Brie Larson looks fantastic in the role yes. already. And big question: I know we've talked about this before, but now we're getting set photos, and it's becoming yep. a bit more real. Do you think she's going to appear in Infinity War? Uh, I still don't think so. I think I think it might be. You know, because they said she's not going to be, and I, I think I kind of believe them on this one. I think it's going to be um, four. I agree. Avengers four. I think that's when we're we're going to see her. Yeah. I think so. I'm right. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I think cool. Avengers four is the right place to do it. Yeah. And I, you, you're not. You want to have her film out. I yes. think before you introduce her, because she's not going to yeah. have the ability to have the screen time that, say, a Black Panther or a Spider-Man did in Civil War to actually yes. get a proper introduction because this movie is already stuffed full of every hero, every villain that you could possibly imagine. And yep. you don't want to divert at least some of the storytelling to make sure you do justice to Captain Marvel. Yep. And you also don't want to just throw her in the mix and expect people to be like, oh yeah, that's Captain Marvel. Because people yeah, aren't going to know that. Yeah, especially because with a character like her, you got to kind of have to explain her power set too. I'm with Spider-Man; it's easy. Everybody knows he has webs. Black Panther. Well, they spend a little, little bit of time introducing the character. You can kind of get the sense of, of his, of his power set, anyways. In, in Civil War, I uh, just seen him run and whatnot. He's athletic. You, you get that kind of stuff. But with with uh, Captain Marvel, you couldn't really just throw her in there and have her be this crazy powerhouse. You really got to explain that in her own movie. So I would say it makes sense to to pop her in and. Uh, Avengers 4. Yeah, definitely. Because one of the other set yeah. photos that was thrown out there too was Nick Fury and uh, Maria Hill. There was okay, there was cool. one of them kind of looking up at the sky and Fury's got both eyes and yes. Maria Hill. It's kind of hard to tell. She looks like she's more in kind of civvies clothes and people were speculating, including myself, as to if this was pickups for Infinity War or mm-hmm. is this part of Captain Marvel? Like are we going to see um... both of them in Captain Marvel actually? Because we know Fury's in it. Yes, it's, it's Maria Hill before she's a scroll. 
before. calling it right now. Oh, I, dude, I'm telling you, this, <laughs> right is a, this is a theory that we've had for how long on the podcast yep. that the for most sure. likely candidate to be a Skrull, and this movie's dealing with Skrulls, is Maria yep. Hill. Like, it's, it's definitely. definitely her, 100%. She can sit so in the background, sense. have been there for the entirety of the MCU, and it doesn't really divert the story or or retcon things to the point where you're like, wait, this doesn't make sense anymore. This would make perfect sense perfect sense yeah. especially if she used to bite it at the end of avengers infinity war yes. and then that body does the whole electric thing electra oh. you know scene and she, boom and then everybody's like what and you, oh, it's got I it. Want that, it that has to happen i will has absolutely to. lose my mind if even at the event of end of avengers 4 it's tony doctor strange and like t'challa oh. standing over her body oh. being like what is this and then just yeah. lights out that's oh. that's oh man, I got goosebumps singing about that. <laughs> like sick. I'm gonna bang on about this until Fuggy yep. and Marvel hear us <laughs> and actually put this to screen. Because if they're able to capture that that scene, like that's an iconic scene oh, from that storyline, and huge. it's it it could be beautifully done in this. Like you're yeah you're swapping Electra for Maria Hill, but yep. the the impact that would have for Phase exactly. Four, like here's your hook for the next ten years of Marvel storytelling. Oh my Who do God. you trust? Love right. it. And just the, the marketing campaign. I remember going back to the comics, like who's the scroll, who's who. You could butcher that coming up with the next, you know, scroll invasion film, whatever you want to call it. Um, man, the marketing could just be so crazy, so crazy for this universe. And I, I just can't wait to see them execute that whole thing. So it's gonna be we'll incredible. See. A lot of great things happening for the MCU. I'm I'm super excited. We just like I said, we finished up our MCU retrospective for Iron Man 3. We're driving, we got five more movies to do, including Black Panther. Until we get to Infinity War and finish this up. And then, of course, we're going to continue through. But I'm excited to get that wrapped up. Talk about Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Age of Ultron, and Ant-Man, Black Panther are our last five movies in that run, in that retrospective series. And we're looking down the bike of some of the best MCU films put to screen. And then you're going to layer in there with Black Panther. Ah, it's going to be a great time. Can't wait, man. Yeah, Can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Well... I think it's time that, you know, we do one of our favorite segments of the past, what, four or five episodes, and that's speculate on when the Han Solo trailer <laughs> is going to actually drop. I think week on, week out, I've said it's going to drop as soon as we record. I have kind of abandoned that at this point because I can't just keep saying it until I'm right. <laughs> but what are your thoughts on when this is actually going to drop? Is this going to be a Super Bowl Sunday, which is this Sunday? Are we going to get it within the next few days leading into Super Bowl? Like, will they pay for a million or $2 million two-minute segment to show a solo trailer? Or are they just going to tease us and then drop it onto YouTube? What do you think they're going to do? <laughs> they have to. They have to drop it this Sunday at Super Bowl. If they don't drop it, I'm hitting the panic button. This is, <laughs> this is, getting, this is getting a little out of hand here. I mean, you know, it's, 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 they're in a tough spot because you had The Last Jedi pop out and you kind of got to give that movie breathing time to do what it's meant to do. At the same time, though, The Last Jedi, it, it made tons of money for sure, but it wasn't received as well as I'm sure Disney was anticipating it to do. And I know a lot of people love that film. A lot more people like the film than people don't, which is cool. But I think basically you should have hit us with that trailer a little earlier already by now to kind of get over The Last Jedi and move on to Han Solo because the movie's coming up in May. And, you know, we need to know what's going on. We, we haven't even had any images nothing. of this character. We've had nothing. Those zero. leaks. But other than that, nothing official. Nothing. This is crazy for a Star Wars film. Um, you, you, they got to promote this movie. I mean, we're, we're big time Star Wars guys. So we know this movie's coming out. And we're going we're gonna to be there. No problem. But 
not everybody knows about this movie. You know, everybody's still waiting for episode nine. They don't even know Star Wars um, Han Solo is coming around the corner. So I think Super Bowl, out of all places, would be the best place to drop this. Not even a trailer. Even if they gave us a tease, a teaser, I'd be like, okay, cool, and then drop the trailer. A week later, that's fine. But we need something, some kind of presence from this film because this is just getting out of hand. We didn't get anything D23. We didn't get anything Comic-Con. We didn't get a trailer before Last Jedi, which makes sense. But now Last Jedi was December and we're going into February and we haven't seen anything from this film. It's crazy. It is crazy. And like <laughs> you even look at Ant-Man and the Wasp, which we're going to talk about here in a few minutes. That comes out July 6th. Yeah. We've got a minute and a half trailer already, a new poster, and a good look at officially released toys that are coming out for it. Yeah. And which, <laughs> like, we're going to have the toys here in April for Han Solo. We haven't even got yeah. a look. So we got New York Toy Fair coming up here in a couple of weeks as well. So if we look at the timing with all that, I'm hoping that they probably drop, or my, my guess is here, that they're probably going to drop as some sort of maybe 30-second or 20-second teaser yeah. during the Super Bowl. And then it's going to say, head over to... YouTube to watch the full length trailer. So it's essentially they're not paying for the full spot, but then we get to go over and watch a two and a half minute trailer for the new solo film. And then a couple weeks later or a week or two later, we're going to get New York toy fair where hopefully Hasbro unveils all the new legends. Like we, we know from leaks from yak face and all that, that we're getting a range trooper solo and Lando. Yes. But we don't know what they look like. We don't know what mm-hmm. else is coming along with that merchandise. Like, there's got to be a little something coming here. Funko Pops. Like, it's unbelievable. We haven't even really had a Funko Pop leak. Like, yeah. Like, we just saw there's an Infinity War Funko Pop leak for all those. They're going to be dropping probably within the next week or two, at maybe even at New York Toy Fair. But the fact that all we've had is Lego leaks. Like, yeah. Like... I'm right there with you. Like I'm, I'm ready to like, I don't want to panic and I don't want to <laughs> incite panic, but I'm starting to think like there's a lot of films coming out that have already started to ramp up their merchandising, ramping up their promotion. And we have seen nothing for this. Like the most promotion I've seen for this film is I watched a bit of the Grambies and Donald Glover was on there. He did a song and they said from the latest star Wars film, it's what's his rapper name or whatever. Childish Gambino. Yeah. It says Childish yeah. Gambino. I was like, who is yeah. that? <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's Donald Glover. <laughs> but that, that's like, that was the only promo that I've seen right. for this film. And it was just saying, oh, hey, Donald Glover's in the next Star Wars film. Like, yeah. that's it. <laughs> well, maybe that's what they're going to do. Maybe, you know, because we know Justin Timberlake's performing at the Super Bowl. And maybe he's going to do a brand new song featuring Childish Gambino. And at the end of the song, Childish is going to drop the trailer yeah. for, this, for this solo movie. Mike so dropped be horrible, the trailer. But... <laughs> Yeah. But we, I, I think we need something. It's just it's uh it's a little out of hand. We've been speculating, speculating. This movie has had quite a bit of attention, um, kind of negatively, you know, with the with the reshoots and the directors leaving and whatnot. And I I felt like we would have had something sooner than later to uh, kind of smooth everything over and let us know we're in good hands. Yes, we have you know uh, Ron Howard directing it, which is great, but it's not enough. I just feel like one we need more people to know about this film, even though it is Star Wars. And two, we just need to have a sense of where they're going with this Han Solo character because it's not Harrison Ford. It's a new it's a new actor. It's a young actor. We we gotta have some kind of sense of what his take is on this this new Han Solo. Oh yeah. I like I just yeah. I'd shut up if they just gave me an image of the cast. For sure. Like just for sure I'd, or a poster. <laughs> yeah, I just want to see what he looks like. I want to see what Glover looks like. Like I know we have that kind of leaked promo, which is probably like the clip art. 
yes. it's going to be all over the Lego and probably the action figures and that. I know we had yeah. that, but I just want something official, like in him standing up. <laughs> I, I, it's, I, don't, I don't think we're asking for a lot, but I, I'm, I'm tired at this point of speculating of when it's yes. going to drop because we've, we've kind of run the course on that. Like we're literally running out of days to speculate on <laughs> because we still haven't seen anything. And you know what? At the end of the day, does it, you know, when I say I'm panicking in that, like, does it worry me that much? No. <laughs> like, I'm not going to, like, throw my arms in the air and say, I'm never going to see this. Like, if <laughs> at the end of the day, if they never release anything, I'd still be there opening night. Yeah. Like, for sure. <laughs> so, and and, and they'll, they'll get that audience, right? It's just a matter of broadening the audience. Um, I just don't know what Disney's strategy is behind this whole thing, I guess I could say. Because you, you don't need the Super Bowl to promote the Han Solo trailer. But at this point, because they've waited so long, I would say you kind of do. Yeah, right. it's it's a huge platform. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, there's going to be probably an Infinity War teaser. There's probably yeah. going to be a Jurassic World teaser, maybe a yeah. Deadpool 2, which we haven't seen yeah. anything from either, which actually yeah. comes out before. No, that comes out just after. So, yeah, there's, there's still a few question marks in some movies here, but you're going to, again, bury your Han Solo trailer in, one, the Super Bowl game, and mm-hmm. two, probably three or four other really big trailers. Well, I'd seen this. That what that's what brings me to the next thing, which is the Ant Man and the Wasp trailer. Super excited, pretty cool. But isn't this going to get lost in a couple of weeks with Black Panther coming up? I mean, isn't this kind of awkward timing to to drop a trailer for another MCU film when we have another MCU film around the corner? Well, you know, it's it is a bit curious. But if you look at even just our show notes here, yeah. like they're pretty light. There's not a lot yeah. happening right now in the nerd world as we build into February here with New York toy fair and black Panther and all that. And yeah, I like, I, this is a good time to drop this trailer, I think, because it gives it a little room to have some playtime amongst people, gets people talking about the film a little bit before going to infinity war. When we get to black Panther, you're going to see Ant-Man and the Wasp attached to that would be my guess. And then it's going to get lost amongst the huge trailers in super bowl. So this comes out, you know what? Three, four days before super bowl actually hits. Right. Just just under a week. And so it now has its own playtime for a week leading into the Super Bowl. And yeah. so, yeah, it's got a little freedom here to run around. It, it may get lost within February, but then you just yeah. pop it back up, come out the back end of Black Panther and say, oh, yeah, I remember about this film that's coming in July also. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, to me, it seems like a, a reasonable marketing strategy. Huge Lola mm-hmm. news. <laughs> you know, our, our episode's <laughs> only going to be just over an hour tonight, I think. And that's one of the shorter ones we've done in the last little bit. But that's just because there's a huge lacking of, of real substantial news. Yeah. So thanks, Disney, for dropping that trailer because we needed it. Yeah, we really something appreciate to talk it because we'd be wrapping up the episode right now <laughs> for this trailer. <laughs> and I think that's as good as we're going to get for a segue. Yeah. So Ant-Man and the Wasp. Well, this trailer dropped a couple of days ago, seemingly, like we said, out of absolute nowhere. Was not really expecting this, was not really anticipating this, but they dropped it on us. And I'm really excited for this now. Like the first thing, one of the first things we always get to is a big brand new poster and it's very reminiscent of the Ant-Man poster, which is just a big white piece of paper with two tiny, <laughs> now it has Wasp on it and Ant-Man with the nice big banner of Ant-Man and the Wasp. So yeah. that's one thing. I'm not not terribly thrilled with that, but this trailer, let's, let's jump into this thing. We're going to kind of go well, a bit knee deep into this. So spoilers for Ant-Man and the Wasp, if you're trying to avoid any spoilers for this film, but I, I'd highly recommend because it's only like a minute and 40 seconds long. 
I'd highly recommend going and just watching this. It's a ton of fun. It's, it's got a great set of music or score behind it. It kind of ramps up and amps up the tempo of this whole thing. We get a lot of Hope Van Dyne. We get a lot of Scott Lang. And we get some insight into what this story is going to be. But it really, at the end of the day, it doesn't tell us a whole lot, does it? No, it, which is good, which is really good, actually. I'm glad it doesn't give us too much. Because, again, because this movie's so far away, I wouldn't want to get lost at the same time. So I think it does what it needs to. Um, it gives us the sense that, you know, Scott Lang is sharing the screen with uh, with the Wasp and there's been some modifications to her costume. And uh, all around, you know, I, I, it looks pretty cool. It, it looks like we're stepping right back into that world that uh, it, it's Peyton that directed this one. Yeah, Peyton Reed, he came back for this one, yeah. Exactly. So uh, it feels right at home with what they've established from the first film. Oh, for sure. And one thing they do right off this jump here is they establish the timeline for this. So we're now seeing movies that are falling out of the sequential film watching or ongoing narrative that we've seen for the past 10 years so this is actually set right after civil war and that's addressed right up front we see some images from civil war spliced into this trailer and you've got scott lang having some dialogue with hope van dyne asking her if she would have come if he had asked her when captain america kind of called up scott lang and said i need you and we're seeing some of the fallout from this too. And I think it's interesting that she essentially says to him, if you had a called me, you wouldn't have gotten caught. Right. I think that's great. The banter here, eventually Lily and Paul Rudd, they look like they're going to have some more great interaction and now kind of letting Evangeline Lily a bit more loose. We saw quite a bit of her in Ant-Man, but now we're getting a next level with her being the Wasp. Yeah, she's great. You know, I've been a, a huge fan of her since uh, since Lost, and I really like what they done with her character from the first film. She's she's very strong, and I love that she doesn't back down at all, and yeah. she can very well take over this whole film. Like this could very well be the Wasp and Ant Man, uh, the way I see it so far. Um, they do some really neat things in this in this trailer too, with the um, the whole like shrink motion. Oh yeah, you know they they throw something and it shrinks, which is pretty cool. Um, the building where they basically just pack it up. That's it shrinks cool. right down. They just pack it up like a suitcase. That's that's awesome. Yeah, they're really they're really taking some new liberties with this shrinking and growing technology, which mm -hmm. is great because this is this is their corner of the universe, right? And yes. they have to do new and different things. They establish it in Ant Man. We saw a little bit more of it, or a lot more of it actually, in mm -hmm. Civil War with Giant Man. And now they're kind of going in both directions with this, which I really like. Like it's it's awesome. It's it's going to be another one of these films that, like you said, you're going to be pleasantly surprised with. And I think, yes. I think also, to your point about the Wasp taking over this film, I think that's a real possibility. Now, Paul Rudd, yep. he's got a great presence on screen, you know, whether oh, yeah. it's within an ensemble or whether it's with just him himself. But he looks like he's going to have a big part in potentially Infinity War and Avengers 4 from the set photos. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy for them to give a good chunk of the screen time to the Wasp in this and really establish this character. Because she has a lot of room to grow within this film. And if maybe they're a little hesitant giving it, giving her her own film, and this is a great way to give her a lot of screen time, really develop this character, and have her be a big part of either Infinity War or maybe more likely Avengers 4. Yes, definitely. And, and one last thing i got to say about this um, before we wrap it up here is um, that effect they do with the knife toss. When yeah. they throw the knife and the Wasp kind of does this whole Matrix bullet style, you know, running across the knife – the depth of what they did in that scene is just, it's so cool. I can't wait to see it on the big screen. And that might be something I have to see 3D. I've never really been a big fan of the 3D stuff, but that scene right there alone just looks incredible with what they're doing. So, um, man, 
some really cool things they're doing with this film that we've just not seen anywhere else so far. No, and yeah, I think you're right too with 3D. Like I'm not a fan. I would rarely promote it. But mm. I think you're right that this may lend itself to a good 3D watching because of the effects that they're using in here. Yeah. Um, you're seeing a lot of the slow mo stuff with the shrinking. And even with the growing, it may give this more imposing feel if you're actually sitting watching this in 3D. So yeah, I think you're right there. I may have to lean more towards that. 3D may be dead by the time this <laughs> film comes out in just a few short months. <laughs> it might be. You know, it's been nice, actually, these last viewings we've had with zero glasses. I don't yeah. think we did 3D for Last Jedi, was it? I don't yeah, think we used glasses. my first viewing was. Or was it? One of my viewings was. And I, yeah. hate, I don't like it. <laughs> Maybe it was because we got the popcorn. Yeah. But um, it's always nice not to wear those big goggles, yeah. honestly. Yeah. <laughs> now, a few other things that we can point out in this trailer here that were uh, interesting. We see, for the first time, Lawrence Fishburne. Now, he's yes. playing Bill Foster, which is also Goliath. Now, this goes yeah. way back to the really the start of Ant-Man comics. Uh, he's kind of been, and it looks like they're kind of leaning on that a little bit more about him being a colleague of Hank Pym because he is right. a little bit older than Scott Lang on that. So it's going to be interesting to see how he factors into the film, if he's maybe a bitter rival now or something to that effect. Uh, we see this, the return of Antony or an ant that he is flying on. We did see Antony <laughs> die, unfortunately, in, in Ant-Man, but he's got, he's got an ant flying back. And it's a great reference when he's talking to Hank Pym about how he gave hope all these new wings and blasters which is kind of the nice nod to the sting in uh in the comics and that so <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of fun to see them flying around the mcu and into the microverse potentially <laughs> yeah you, you know um some pretty cool cameos here that we didn't get enough penia though i think we saw michael penia for like two seconds yeah, enough to say um, he's in the film <laughs> enough to say he's in the film but you know i really think it'd be cool at least going into the next trailer um is to see him do a little like narrating you know you know when he did the oh, first movie yes. where he's like i know a guy that did this and this is this and if you can just see him do that throughout the whole trailer i, I would love that because i thought that was such a cool thing what they did in that movie and if they could do that with a trailer of just penny and narrating it in the same kind of style what he did with the first film oh sold do, do you sold. Think, do you think that was a peyton reed thing or do you think that was left over from the script from what's his name um Oh, Baby Driver director yeah. uh, Edgar Wright? Edgar Wright. That, that seemed yeah. to me very Edgar Wright-esque. It really did, even from the way it shot, yes. you know? I love that because he did it twice, I yeah, think. He did Maybe it right, three times, He did it right, right? at the end and yeah. kind of the part, I think, when he's talking about how he got some of the information somewhere in the middle there. Yeah, because that's a cool thing. With it. It's like a theme, like a heist almost too, yeah. right, what they did in this film. So, um, yeah, um, you know, all in all, I, I do like this trailer. I just I just need more Michael Pena because he, he was a standout in that film. I, I thought he was I thought he was great. Um, doesn't seem like T.I. is coming back in this movie because I never I was surprised to see T.I. was in the last one. Yeah, but he was OK. I mean, he held his ground. So um, I, th I think we might get a yeah. small cameo from all of yeah. those guys. They're a lot of fun yeah. kind of little it gave it gave. Paul Rudd's someone to banter off of and more of the comedic end of it, right? You know, we'll yes. get a little bit of that with Hank Pym and Hope, but I like having kind of that crew he had because it was kind of like a, a band of misfits and there was a lot of fun. It really was. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. And, and no Michelle Pfeiffer, which is the big deal. The original Wasp. No, the original I'm Wasp. Well, yet. that's apparently going to be a one of the plot points in here that's going to be quite significant because you know we yeah. talked a few weeks ago when we we're speculating about the pictures the set photos we saw from avengers 4 about the significance of the quantum realm and yes. we believe that janet van dyne michelle pfeiffer is stuck somewhere in the quantum realm that was implied or at least confirmed within ant-man 
And we do see a few short shots of them in some sort of ship in what appears to be the microverse or something to that effect. And right. there's, it's really cool because if you look through the trailer, there's a scene where you see what looks like a ship. You see kind of the back of three engines. And then later on, you see it kind of floating through something. And you see big bugs in that. So my assumption okay. is that they've shrunk that down, that ship. Maybe they're inside of it. And they're kind of flying their way through the quantum realm or something to that effect. And oh. maybe searching out for Janet somewhere in the, the microverse or the quantum realm. Because that's going to be a big point about introducing the ability to travel within the quantum realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe potentially for Captain Marvel or for Avengers 4. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. On maybe that it's one. the negative zone. Yeah, who, that. Knows? who knows? <laughs> they now have it. <laughs> and one thing that wasn't really heavily focused in on here was who the villain was. Yeah. We get a few quick looks at uh, an actor named Walter Gobbins. He plays Sonny Birch, who is a legacy character from the comic books. Now, he's kind of just another one of these chairmen, these CEOs of a big uh, corporation. I think he at one point ran Cross Technologies, which we saw in Ant-Man number one. Uh, he's associated both with Ant-Man and Iron Man, kind of on this like big company man sort of level. And then we also mm. see this interesting character that's called the ghost. We see him. It's actually played by a female. It is a him in the comics, oh. but it's a female in this uh, story. And we see her with the helmet and it's got kind of the weird eyes on it. It's all right. the, in all the gray. Now the ghost is a cool character. Actually, they just recently within the last, I'd say 10 years updated um, the character itself, but essentially he's kind of this anti capitalism it doesn't have any respect for big corporations you know very paranoid maybe politically driven um so maybe kind of leaning a bit on modern day kind of politics and kind of anti-capitalism you know very violent potentially so Mm -hmm. it could be that they're almost like an anti-hero so you may have kind of this big bad in the sense of you know a corporate CEO of some sort that's trying to use, again, the technology. Because the reason I kind of say that this uh, Sonny Birch character might be the villain is if you look really closely on the boat when we see Giant Man kind of coming out of the water, out of the, what probably San Francisco Bay or whatever, um, there's a guy he's actually standing on there that's this actor, Walter Gobbins, and he's holding on to the shrunken Hank Pym's laboratory. Oh, okay. So it looks like, I don't know if that laboratory is going to become the MacGuffin of the film. Is essentially right. they shrink it because they've had to go on the run, maybe because they didn't want to sign the Sokovia Accords or something to that effect, or maybe having mm-hmm. some direct relation to, to Scott Lang. But it looks like that could be the MacGuffin, and they're chasing him around to try to get it back because of something that's inside of it. Okay. That'd be, that'd be kind of my guess. Yeah. No, it's interesting. The villains you bring up, I, I'm not familiar with Sonny, but um, the ghost the ghost has made a couple appearances in Spider comics, Spider-Man comics in, in recent times. So um, that'd be cool. That'd be cool to see uh, that character come to life on the big screen for sure. Yeah, something different, but, uh, something new. Yeah, but, but, but I've got to be honest. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with uh, the rogues gallery of, of the Ant-Man world. So any villain they throw at me is really cool because I, I just don't know anything about them. So it's, it's kind of a nice, uh, something refreshing, you know, because... After a while, you kind of get to know, you know, Iron Man and Cap and Spidey's villains inside out. So it's, it's kind of nice to get some new villains in here that I've never experienced, at least. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I don't yeah. think Ant-Man's Rose Gallery has too much depth to it. So it looks yeah. like they're pulling a bit on Iron Man's kind of C, B or C list Rogue's Gallery. Yeah. Which I think is good. Like, they kind of, if you, especially if you're talking about Hank Pym and these being more legacy villains, potentially, that... Yeah. 
pulling from Iron Man's side of things makes a lot of sense, right? The the PIM technology was trying to be used for the military, uh, the mm-hmm. same way that Iron Man, the same way that Super Soldier Serum is trying to be weaponized and all that. So it, yep. it holds kind of that that same almost narrative in the sense that it, it's it's got the same elements that you want to see in an Ant-Man film that you get from an Iron Man film. So I think what's going to be cool in here is the ghost is going to act maybe as someone in between it all, like an anarchist type, right? Trying to destabilize something as Ant-Man and this Sonny Birch maybe are are, are kind of battling it out for the control of the pin particles or something to that effect. So it's, you know, this is all just pure speculation, but it's a great trailer. I think, like you said, it gives you enough to be mm-hmm. really intrigued and excited about it. But at the end of the day, you don't really know a whole ton more other than the fact that the wasp was going to kick some serious ass. Definitely. Definitely. Did you notice, cause you know, normally we notice these things, uh, any, any upgrades in Ant-Man's costume? I know the civil war one's different than the one from his first movie. Is this one pretty much a civil war one? I think so. At least the images that we got, I'm trying to think yeah. it's more in the helmet. I have a hard time with the suit because it's just kind of variations right. on the red and black, but the helmet yeah. looks relatively similar. Even when he goes giant man, it looks similar mm-hmm. to what we got in civil war. It, it's, it's nice right. continuity. At least they may not be showing an upgrade. We may get yeah. that sometime down the road within the film, but kind of that direct continuity coming out of civil war, I think is going to be good. For sure, for sure, because I know the Wasp is obviously upgraded from the last time we saw at the end yes. of Ant-Man. At least it's a repaint. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. Do you think people are going to have, the common movie are going to have issues with placing this film in continuity? Or do you think they just don't care? Like, being that it comes out a couple months after Infinity War, we're going to see Scott Lang and potentially the Wasp in that film. Do you yeah. think people are going to have issues with, okay, where does this sit? Why are we now way back here? What's going on if Thanos blew up the world or has kind of the world in control? Right. Why why is this happening? Do you think that's going to throw people for a little bit of a loop? It, it might just do that, actually, because it depends on the impact that Infinity War brings. But, I mean, a lot of people are obviously going to go and chase this movie right after oh, yeah. Infinity War, much like Iron Man 3 was with um, Avengers. But, yeah, you know, the, the crowd might be left a little, you know, I don't want to say disappointed, but, you know, a little suspicious um if this movie doesn't really tie in too well to infinity war especially because it, it takes place before so i don't know but i i do remember seeing the first one which took place after ultron right yeah right after Ultron. yeah yeah and uh yeah it's a surprisingly uh it's a surprising hit for me at least but then again i guess it's different because we're so into this world we're not the you know the average going movie audience so yeah it'd be Hard interesting to say. yeah it'd be interesting to take the temperature of uh of our wives when they see it because yeah. they'll definitely be coming to infinity war and mm-hmm. it would be interesting just to see from their perspective if they understand because they are a little more embroiled in the universe because of us but yeah. they may have some questions as to you know why is this happening now like i there's going to be a bit of a disconnect so i don't know how yeah. they're going to establish that and they seem to do this in the trailer like that seemed to be on purpose about, yeah. hey, everyone, remember, this happens after Civil War, not after Infinity War. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's going to be confusing for people for sure, but we'll be sure to do our best to make sure everyone understands uh, <laughs> when this comes and where this lands in the continuity. Do you think we'll get an Avengers cameo, much like we did last time? You know, Falcon popped up in this movie. We mentioned it in the MCU retrospective. It's kind of common now to have another Avenger or at least another, you know, big head pop up in these in these movies that's just kind of the common grounds that they've established now since iron man 3 do you think we'll see somebody pop up i think so i think this movie yeah. could do with a falcon appearance again 
Yeah, you know, because they had even in Civil War, they had a bit of dialogue about it never happening again, and like that he calls him Tic Tac, and so I I think I think it would do well to have a cameo from Anthony Mackie in here. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe if it's well, it depends too, because we have to think because they're gonna have to explain a little bit when Cap breaks them out what they do with them, right? You know, where's Hawkeye gone? Where's Falcon gone? Because they're all in jail, right? That's right. Uh, Wanda Maximoff too. So they got to kind of do a little bit of explaining. I'm sure there'll be some dialogue, uh, some exposition that says, oh, we all kind of went our separate ways after, but I got picked up again. Because you see the FBI milling about his home and all that. He looks like he's under some sort of house arrest. He's got the ankle bracelet on. So Mm -hmm. it may be that they just put him under house arrest because he still refused to sign the Sokovia Accord. So they're keeping track of him or something to that effect. That would probably be my guess. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, like I said, I think Falcon. What about you? Who do you think could show up? Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's tough. Huh. I, I, I guess I'd have to say Falcon as well, most likely. It just it kind of makes the most sense. They have the most history shared. I mean, as great as Paul Red was in Civil War, and I love him in Civil War, but apart from him having interaction with uh, Cap, there wasn't many other characters they really had interactions with except the fact of... Um, a falcon, yeah. obviously. They go, so I yeah, they could go in a little detail because Hawkeye did pick him up. Oh, that's right with the arrow. That's cool. Yeah, yeah the classic uh, cover there. Yeah, I love that. Like, Avengers. Like, hey, that was great. Hey, arrow guy. <laughs> I, that's <laughs> one of my favorite scenes. All right, arrow guy. <laughs> I'm ready. It's so great. It's such great delivery from Paul Rudd. So I'm looking forward to a lot of that too. The comedy end of it, right? Yeah, he, I, I love because Paul Rudd's a genius. Yeah, comedically, he's great. Yeah, he yeah. and he's a true comedian, right? He's not your mm. your Hemsworth comedy, which is also absolutely fantastic in Ragnarok. Yes, but his it's yeah. his it's his delivery on things. Yeah, he's going to be great. Avenging Lily, I think they're going to have awesome chemistry on the screen. Definitely. You know, she's a bit yeah. more straight-laced. And yes. he, like, I I just, that scene with, when he's standing with Hank Pym, and he's like, you gave her wings? And he's like, yeah, and blasters. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm assuming you didn't have that technology. Yeah, I did. And he's kind of like, it's just his facial, like, he's great. <laughs> so good. He's so good. And he's and he's been doing it so long. I mean, don't let the, that baby face fool you. Yeah. This guy doesn't age. But, <laughs> no, he um, doesn't. He's been doing it for quite some time. <laughs> he's not aged since no. they did Wet Hot American Summer. He looks the same. Right. The exact same, same. guy. <laughs> Four-year-old virgin. Yeah. Awesome stuff. <laughs> Anyways, man, I, I think that about wraps up. This is a bit of a shorter episode than normal. You know, we're missing Sanjay here. And also, it's been, you know, a fairly slow week in nerd news but i'm happy this trailer dropped we got some time to spend on talking about this and next week coming at you guys we're going to be doing our annual super bowl trailer wrap-up we're going to be talking about everything from potentially avengers infinity war to i believe a confirmed jurassic world trailer and hopefully fingers crossed a han solo trailer yes we need a chewy we're home yes we do (laughs) we need something a little something it's coming it's coming so we'll be back all three of us next week to discuss all of the trailers dropping out of super bowl and coming up in february too we've got our prelude to black panther we got our black panther review we had discussions about new york toy fair so looking at the upcoming black series and marvel legends and then we're going to walk into march when we're starting to pick up some of the other films so it's gonna be a big big month in february for a nerd we'll be picking up with the mcu retrospective series with winter soldier i'm extremely excited to be discussing that so look for that coming out towards the back end of february you don't have an exact date yet it's it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. I'm really looking forward to February in Nerd. Lots of comic books. We've got Infinity Countdown coming and 
Ah, lots of good stuff. Lots of good stuff to be talking about. So we're going to have a pack schedule coming up here over the next few months. Looking forward to it, man. Winter Soldier is one of my top movies, top superhero movies for sure. So I can't wait to dive into that film. Incredible film. Yep. <laughs> All right, yeah. guys, if you'd like to be a part of this show, you can always email us at the at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter. Our handles are always at the end of the episode. And you can grab us on YouTube or Facebook. All right, man. Until next week when we're talking about that solo trailer. Knocking on wood here. (laughs) For the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And thank you for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim, Troy, and Sanjay on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, and Sanjabi. For more content from the Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. Don't forget to subscribe to the Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, and YouTube. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts in the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Rogue Squadron Podcast, Skyrim's Podcast, and San Diego Sabers. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SW Commonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.